For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. You know, Chuck, my dad, when I was a kid, said, you don't need to be a couch potato. You need to go outside and do some other activities. But I'm going to be honest, man, kind of like yourself, that's all I did this weekend. You know, I don't get to do this very often, and so I enjoyed it. I watched um, I watched everybody else play and had a great time doing it. It's fun, man. There's some, some good games. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was the best college football Saturday. There were some games that got out of hand. I know the Alabama-Mississippi State game was a little more disappointing than a lot of people thought, but it, it was good for you to just have that in, in in your weeks that you've had, especially with basketball starting this week. I know your schedule is going to get that much more busy. Oh, I enjoyed Saturday. It was fun. I'm not complaining about this week either, but uh, it was fun to watch everybody else play. I liked watching LSU and Ole Miss, and I thought, or pardon me, the Mississippi State-Alabama game might be a little bit better than it was, but um, I switched over to A&M and South Carolina, and that was a pretty good game. Yeah, it comes down to South Carolina scoring a a late touchdown drive that really put it away. I know we're going to get into more of Jimbo Fisher and on, but I I thought, so we always look at this perspective – as fans, we don't like bye weeks, right? But you had an interesting conversation with Matt this weekend about what bye weeks do for the team. And here's what he said on just kind of the whole reset process. Kind of go back to your high school, just stay around and try to get about 36, 48 hours. Hey, just get away from back. it and just mentally reset because you know what, Chuck? We could win all these next five games. Chuck, they could win these next five games. Now, it starts with winning against Auburn this weekend 
and Arkansas opened up as a betting favorite. Hadn't happened in quite some time. How important is this week to just get back on track for this team? Well, I mean, you know, they wanted Brigham Young, so, I mean, they snapped the losing streak, and I think they're, you know, the feeling when they won that ball game was that they were back on track and that they had an opportunity to, you know, close out strong, and this is the situation that they were in a year ago, and hopefully they'll be able to do what they did a year ago. Yeah, and I think for Auburn and their football team also coming off a bye, this is a big week for them. Brian Harson, we know, is very much on the hot seat right now. They were able to at least play Ole Miss competitive two weeks ago, but they still feel like they can beat Arkansas. Now, their weakness, Chuck, is rush defense. Arkansas should be able to theoretically run all over them this week. Oh, I don't know about theoretically run all over them. I think Arkansas's got an opportunity to, you know, move the ball on them. Auburn struggled some, but, you know, Auburn's uh, like everybody else. I mean, they'll be, uh, they'll be decent at home. You know, I, I would expect them to, um, if they've got a great game in them, we may see it on Saturday. Um, I, don't, I don't think you take anything for granted. I, I don't pay much attention to, you know, the betting lines and things like that. I mean, Arkansas is good enough to go down there and win, and if Auburn, you know, makes a stand, Auburn's good enough to win that game too. And I think that's kind of the common denominator in a lot of these games that the Razorbacks have left, um, you know, whether they're here or there. Um, I, you know, Arkansas is good enough to beat Auburn, but, you know, Arkansas is good enough to beat Ole Miss, and I think they're good enough to beat LSU, and they're good enough to beat everybody on the schedule. Um, but, you know, those other teams, maybe with the exception of Missouri, are good enough to beat them too. Was Saturday's loss for Ole Miss more about LSU or, or maybe more about Ole Miss having some deficiencies that we haven't seen yet just because their lack of schedule to this point? Oh, I just think, you know, I think LSU's got a great front seven. I think their defense is good. Um, you know, Ole Miss did some things early on, but they didn't do much after that. And, you know, that was a game where it just seemed like Ole Miss was in control. I mean, they started fast. It just seemed like they were in control. It seemed like LSU was on their heels uh, the entire first quarter. But, you know, they got settled in, made some plays, got back in the game, and, you know, they just blitzed them. I mean, in the second half, they just um, I mean, they just wore them out. Ole Miss abandoned their game plan offensively, and, um, you know, LSU just beat them at the line of scrimmage. They've been really good running the football this year, and I'd have to go back and double-check, but I don't think Zach Evans played in that game, their backup running back who transferred from TCU. That Quinshawn Jenkins is a or Jenkins is a true freshman, I think, and he's had a magnificent year. But when LSU kind of stoned him the run and knew it was all passing, it just kind of changed the outlook of that game, Chuck. Well, yeah, I mean, they went after the quarterback. Um, you know, one of the things about numbers, I mean – Numbers can tell you some of the story, you know, and I'm talking about Ole Miss's rushing average. Numbers tell you some of the story, but they they don't tell you all the story. And, um, you know, I don't know if Ole Miss is still going to lead the league in rushing at the end of the, you know, I don't know where the conference stats are now after that ball game. But, um, you know, they've got some offensive line issues. They're not perfect up front. Their pass protection wasn't very good. LSU got after them. And, um, hey, you know, you got to give LSU credit. I mean, Brian Kelly, 6-2. and two. And a lot of people, when he took that job, wondered about the fit. Um, you know, he did, he did the fake Southern accent thing at that basketball game, and everybody got on him, and they wondered if he was going to be the right guy for the job. But, 
he's done a pretty good job down there. They're 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 formidable, and you know their quarterback's not perfect, but kind of like Arkansas, they've done a good job, I think, of putting Daniels in a position to make the throws he can make, and. Um, you know they're they're a physical team. I I I I think LSU's exceeded expectations this year. Chuck, I gotta, so far, I got to be honest. I thought when Bama came to Death Valley, they would blow them out. I don't have that same feeling as I did. And you mentioned LSU; they're second in the West right now, and they feel like and they're tied with Alabama only because they have that loss early the season of Florida State. I think a lot of LSU fans are starting to trend to. Maybe we can win the West. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're thinking that. When you win a ball game at, you know, the way they did Saturday, I'm sure they are thinking that they can win the West. Every week's different, though, and I know you guys get tired of hearing me say that, but every week's different. And, um, you know, um, as we saw with Mississippi State Saturday and as we saw, frankly, I thought when we played them and when some other teams play them, lots of other teams play them, I mean, you know, you got to get past that, that thing that we're playing Alabama. LSU probably, of all the teams in the West, LSU over the years has probably feared Alabama least uh, because they've had the talent to play with them in a lot of those years. I I think Alabama's better than LSU this season, but it's in Tiger Stadium, and, um, you know, I think LSU will probably give them everything they got. Jaden Daniels was eh, just kind of okay to start out the season. He seemed to found his footing a little bit. You you talked about, and I don't know who their OC is, but him putting – Jaden in situations that he can excel sure seems like in that Florida game and then the Ole Miss game that he's done exactly that as of late. You know he's a good runner and that's the reason he starts over Nussmeyer. Uh, Nussmeyer's a better passer. Uh, Daniels is more of a dual threat and if you look at the teams right now that are that are out there playing well that's what everybody wants. I mean everybody wants that 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 dual threat guy and uh, you put up with some of their deficiencies in the passing game to make the other side account for them as a runner. And that's the trade that you make. And um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But they've done a good job with him. He's playing with confidence right now. Now, look, I, I, I don't like them, and um, I don't think they're a great team. But I think they've exceeded what people expected from them so far this year. Let's talk about some of the other games. We briefly mentioned the Mississippi State-Alabama game. With the South Carolina, I want to come back to that. Jimbo's an opportunity uh, to make a bowl game. Chuck, it keeps dwindling, man. It's getting smaller and smaller by the week. Well, they've got quarterback issues, and uh, that's that's the bottom line there. That's not their only issue, but that's their overriding issue. Uh, When you are good at quarterback, you can cover up some other deficiencies. Um, and you can win games despite the fact that you're deficient in other areas. But, you know, A&M doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, it sounds like they're going to have to start this freshman. And it may be time to start him anyway. He's, I mean, they're three and four, and, and um, you know, he's heralded. Jimbo asks you to do a lot of reading, you know, if you're a quarterback. That's a hard system from what I understand. Um, that is a very, very difficult system in terms of pre-snap reads, Uh, at the snap reads, once the ball snapped reads. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I understand all the intricacies of it, but the football people that I know that do uh, talk about how his system is very difficult for a quarterback to learn. And um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know whatever their issue is down there, they've got one. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's a flip of the coin for them the rest of the way, every game. And they uh they've got Florida 
left. They've got Auburn left. Um, LSU. I mean, they had the UMass. Is well, here's 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 the thing. A couple of those teams, Auburn and Florida, they don't have good quarterbacks either. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's that's the reason A and M's got a shot in those games, in my mind. So uh, I don't. Um, I can't see him beating LSU right now, although Jimbo, you know, he's got that LSU tie-in. And, you know, they're not going to go down without a fight. You know, they're not going to go down without a fight. They're going to uh, they're going to be competitive the rest of the way, but I, I just think their quarterback's what, what hinders them. And, um, you know, if you're not good at that spot, you're going to have a hard time winning games. Has Anthony Richardson been the most disappointing SEC quarterback this year? Well, I got to be honest. I think Anthony Richardson has been exactly what football people thought he would be. Um, he's a great athlete, but he's not a great quarterback. Um, I think people knew that going in. Now they pumped him up because, I mean, what's your alternative? You know, you say, well, he's not very good. Um, he's probably not going to be very good. You know, if you try to pump him up and, you know, play a little psychological game with him, maybe you get some more out of him. I don't know. I, I just don't think that. Um, um, I just I just don't think he's an SEC quarterback. I don't think he's ever been an SEC quarterback. I don't think he's been a disappointment. Um, I just think maybe there was too much built up around his game. So I mean that's 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 just that's just sort of the way I view him. Now listen, I don't know about everything, but I do know this: that if you are in the market for a home right now, or if you are selling your home now more than ever. You need a pro on your side. I, I read stuff every day about the housing market, going this way, going that way. There's a lot that I don't know about it. But I do know this, that if I was buying or selling a home right now, I'd want someone from Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company, on my side. These are trained professionals. These are people that understand the business, the nuances of the market. They're full-time realtors. My experience with Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company, was that they are pros every day, and they understand all the things that you don't understand or I didn't understand. And most importantly, they know how to get you from contract to close. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They've got one in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. Uh, they've got an office in Fort Smith. They've even opened an office now in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. <laughs> There's no place in the SEC that does it like this. You know, where the home court advantage is so huge when the fans show up. Number one environment in college basketball. No argument, but what? I never Listen to it. Chuck, we finally get it back tonight. I know it's just an exhibition game, but basketball back in Bud Wall and Arena. How jacked up are you, man? It'll be fun tonight. I'm anxious to see him. Anxious to see him play. I mean, it's an exhibition game, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I think most people are going to view it like that. The thing that I, I think is good about this team with all these new guys is that by the time they play a game that'll actually go on the record, they will have played six games against other teams. If you count the games in Europe tonight and then Saturday at Texas, um, you know. This game tonight will be an afterthought within, you know, four or five days. Um, you know, they battled to beat a directional team from Oklahoma last year in their exhibition game, and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody remembered it when they got to the Elite Eight. I don't think anybody remembered it when they got to the first of the year. Uh, we didn't do the game, so I didn't even remember it on the official season opener, to be honest with you. But I think it'll be another chance for them to play together. 
Uh, they got 11 new guys on this team. Six of them are freshmen. So uh, the opportunity to play as many games as you can together that don't count uh, is, is probably a benefit. So I think it'll be good tonight. We'll get to see some of these new guys play. A lot of people will see them for the first time if they go. And so um, should be an interesting evening. You bring that up. Must touched on that a little bit yesterday. You know, last year against a Division II team, really lucky to win probably. I thought Max Pender did a great job with, with his team. They were re- well prepared coming in here. That was a very, very close game last year. So we obviously grew a lot from that game until the end of the season. I don't think anyone expected that game to be close. You joked about not even remembering it, but... Maybe that was good for the team to realize, hey, we gotta we gotta figure this thing out even early on last year. Well, again, I think you can read too much into exhibition games. I've 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 seen teams play lousy and be great, and teams play great and be lousy. And um, you know, but again, I, I just think with this team more than anything, it's an opportunity to play on the court together. Uh it's an opportunity to uh, you know, to again, to, to play a game where they keep score, where there's a winner and a loser, but it doesn't count on your record. Um, you know, I, I don't um, <clears throat> I, I don't know, you know, I frankly, I wonder if 90% of the people listening to this program right now remember that it was a three-point game in that exhibition game last year. The point is, that's exactly what it is. And they'll, you know, obviously you want to win and you want to continue to come together because it'll be a little bit more than an average exhibition game Saturday down at Texas. Yeah, Tommy, the the lead up to that Texas game, you've got a situation where it's basically open to the general public tonight. So the fans that don't have season tickets or maybe can't afford for the high prices to go to the game, this is their opportunity to go tonight. I thought it was interesting that, you know, they wanted to really play the game this weekend and have a weekend crowd, but there was an eSports. They were playing video games in Bud Walton Arena this weekend and had to move the game to tonight. I, th- I thought that was interesting. Walmart had put that deal on, and um, rarely does, does video games trump a basketball game inside Bud Walton, Chuck. Well, I think they'd had this thing scheduled for a while. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, you know, by the same token, if you've got a big event where people are coming in from all over the place, their side of the story would be, you're going to kick us out for an exhibition <laughs> game against Roger State? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, you compromise, and uh, they'll play tonight. I didn't even know that. I'd have taken my 12-year-old son up there. He'd have, he'd have loved that. that. I didn't know what was going on. I wish they'd have uh, maybe settled a little bit more. But I think Monday night, maybe you get a little bit bigger crowd. The weather's going to be wet. going to be yucky. I think that might bring more people in. Not that you, you're going to do a whole lot after dark because it's getting dark earlier. But uh, I think this weekend, a lot of people like me, hey, don't have a football game. You get caught up on things in the yard, around the house. Um, you might do better on a Monday night than you would have this weekend. There'll be some people there tonight. I don't think it'll be overwhelming. I'm going to be anxious to see what it's like at Austin on Saturday. Um, But, you know, I think that we'll see the crowds grow as we move closer to Christmas. We'll see the crowds grow as uh, I think what happens in Maui is going to have a lot to do with how people feel about this team. Um, You know, basketball in early November – Unless you're at a basketball school, I mean, a real basketball school, you're competing with other things. So, um, But I think there'll be people there tonight. I think people are anxious to see these kids play. I mean, it's a new team, a lot of promise. I think people are anxious to watch them. See, I think it's much a lot like football this year that if you couldn't go. You were the season ticket holder. You couldn't go. It's not hard not only to find someone to take your tickets. You could find someone in football this year to buy your tickets. 
And I think uh, basketball will be much the same way. Yeah, I can't go to the North Dakota State game, but I can put something on Facebook or Twitter and probably sell them for face value, 25 30 bucks a piece in a matter of, uh, of a few hours. I, I, I hope think, so. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I hope so. I hope it's that way. Um, you know, basketball tickets, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a lot more expensive than they were back when Bud Walton Arena was full every time. And the requirements to get those tickets are a lot greater than they were when, you know, Arkansas was going through their run back in the 90s. But what I hope is that, um, kind of like at Baum Stadium, these, these folks that, you know, buy tickets for the big games, um, I hope that they'll find a way to get those tickets into somebody else's hands. And people have got to stop, and this is just my personal opinion, um, if you got the money to go buy season tickets, don't be haggling with somebody over 25 bucks <laughs> over a ticket to the, you know, South Dakota Tech game. Uh, make sure somebody's got to give them to somebody. Make sure somebody that's going to go gets the tickets. Don't be afraid to make somebody's day. Don't be sitting there haggling over 25 bucks. I hate it when people do that. But uh, what I hope is that this year that uh, those tickets when people can't go will find their way into the hands of people who will. Because we did see some seats open in Baumwalker last year that mm -hmm. we haven't traditionally seen. And I think that the, the baseball fans that were irritated that they upped the donation were frustrated to see the seats they've been sitting in for a certain number of years. They're just empty. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's happened at Bud Walton Arena for years. I mean, that's happened at Bud Walton Arena for years. And so uh, it's, it's, it's not something that's unique to baseball. And at some point, they were going to have to change that ticket policy. At some point, they were going to have to. And they did, and it made some people mad. And there is some fallout. I mean, there's no question that people bought tickets for the regionals, and they didn't show up for a lot of the other games. I mean, you could see it when you watch the game on television. It, it, it was unavoidable. Um, but that's happened at Bud Walton Arena now for a while. What I hope now is that we're past that. And I hope that those tickets, I mean, I remember when they were like gold bars. If you gave somebody two tickets to the Razorback basketball game, you had a friend for life. And um, I don't know if we'll get back to that again. It's a different era now. But um, I just hope that the people that don't go find someone who will use their tickets. You know, for those that have season tickets, we all get used to our routine and our habit when going to a game and parking in the same place. They've, they've redone and reparked everybody that's got season tickets to give enough to get a parking pass. So that will be the other thing early is uh, everybody's got to find their new their new back road, their new path to get to the parking lot they're going it to. It is free parking tonight. I want right. to make that very clear for Yeah, it's easy tonight. Yeah. Easy yeah. tonight. Not, right. the, not the rest of the way, though, but Tommy. I, they, move, they move the one I normally park in from... A pretty convenient spot to, to a less not convenient so, spot. Not so, so much. I, I, I got to find a new my, my new path to get into Bud Walton now. <laughs> I just, I'm going to be honest. We always just park in 56 and just walk through the gardens or whatever. So that's what we do every time. Well, most people don't get to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are uh, they're shelling out 20 bucks to park in somebody's yard. That's right. We made some good money when we had a house next to Bud Walton Arena, guys, especially the shareholder conventions. People would pay absurd amounts just to be next to the arena. It was crazy. People will pay for convenience. That's why there are convenience stores all over the world. Old Kraft may be paying for some convenience <laughs> if it looks like it's going to be raining. You got a crisp That's 20 in your back pocket. <laughs> you dead gum right if it's raining. I, I certainly do. <laughs> 
Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Musselman was asked about the starting lineup that you'll see in tonight's game. Here's what he had to say. Today to go through different starting lineups might bring one or two players off the bench that are really starters so that we have some pop off the bench who starts that might not be what the closing lineup is guys I think it's going to be a different starting lineup we see tonight that we see on Saturday I've just got a gut feeling that how it's going to play out well to me I want to see who's playing in critical moments um you know I want to see when the game's on the line, who's out there. We may not know that entirely until we get to Hawaii. Yeah. But um, I think that that's the most important thing is who are your clutch guys? Who are the guys that you look to in the, in the critical moments? They're obvious candidates, but who are the other guys going to be too? Who's the lockdown guy going to be? I don't think we know that, and I don't think we will know that for a while. I could see Devo Davis being a guy that doesn't start but comes off and plays, like you said, the critical minutes, the, the crunch time when it matters. One of your one of your returning players, one of your senior guys, one of your leaders on this team, or should in all accounts be a leader uh, and a mature voice. I could see him being one of those guys you're describing there, Chuck. Yeah, I mean, you want reliable guys. In critical moments, you want reliable guys, maybe predictable guys to an extent. If you're, you know, if you're a coach on the bench, you want a guy that, you know, you know what you're going to get. At least you've got a pretty good idea about what you're going to get. And Devo's certainly a candidate for that. Um, there are other guys too, but you know, you're going to want you're going to want people you can rely on in those moments. And Devonte seems like he's taking that leadership role. And Eric Musman's been telling us that he's kind of stepped up in that aspect. He'd like to see him. He was. I didn't answer the question we asked earlier. Who thinks the score? I could see Devo trying to make a statement in tonight's game and being the leading scorer early on. See, I think we know a little bit about, and we don't know a lot about all of these guys, but you know, some players like, say, Darian Ford or, or, or Pinion, two, two in-state guys, um, you know, where do they factor? Do they, do they give you more than you expect? My expectations in this exhibition part is pretty low for them. Well, you know, be interesting to see if in these next two games if they show up in a way that you're not expecting. Well, eventually, you know, as we move through the season, there's going to be some guys that maybe play early that don't play as we move on down the road. That's just kind of the pattern that we've seen. And so I think a lot of guys will have an opportunity to show what they've got. And I'll go back to something I said when I first came on today. When you really stop and think about it, 
and it's a it's a perfect situation for a team with 11 new players. I mean, they will have played six games against other teams, keeping score before they ever have a game that counts on their record. And I think that's a tremendous advantage for this team, and I think it gives you an opportunity to to be much more well-rounded by the time you open the season. And again, that that, that trip to Hawaii against good teams in a you know, in a in as marquee a setting as you can have for November basketball, um, I think that's when we really begin to find out some things. Well, their time here at six thirty. It's not on television, so you can listen to it right here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. I saw Musselman was in Denver to watch Jalen and Isaiah for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was kind of a cool video that they put out and just that kind of the connection and stuff. He seems to be traveling on these weekends to various spots, yeah. whether it's his former players or just a NFL teams and whatnot. I saw some people that I know from Fort Smith that have made the trip over to Oklahoma City. I guess they played last night over there and uh, and and watched them play. So Pelicans I just, I just saw some Facebook posts. So um, you know, interesting to to you know, I think you're going to see more and more people, particularly Fort Smith area, where two of those players are from, go and make that two and a half hour, three hour trip over. Oh, well, both of them can stick. You know, yep. that's the thing that you hope is you know, both of them can stick. And they can uh, they can build long NBA careers. Um, whether it's you know guys move around a lot in the pros. I mean Isaiah's already you know he's came from Philadelphia. So I mean it's uh, guys move around a lot. I think about Joe Johnson, all the teams he played for. And, um, you know I just told both these guys can stick and play for a while. So that's some former players. You do have a current player on the roster, Anthony Black. He's going to be at Alma Tractor doing some stuff for them from 3.30 to 5 o'clock tomorrow. So if you're in the area, you can make sure you can uh, check that out. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 8 Sparky. Dallas Cowboys got back on track with a 24-6 win over the Detroit Lions. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! And then Kansas City throttled San Francisco in the second half, a kind of newly retooled San Francisco as they traded for Christian McCaffrey this week. But Patrick Mahomes just lit them up. So two of the biggest teams in our state, at least from a fan base perspective, back on track with wins this week. And Dallas did it with defense again, Chuck. I mean, they went 24-6. to It's hard, hard to win in the NFL when you only get six on the board for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a ho-hum game. The only thing that made it interesting was Dak coming back. He was kind of rusty. Yep. Their defense, though, is what's going to carry him. I mean, they'll go as far as that defense carries him. They're going to have to figure out a way to score some more points, and, and I hope Dak can, you know, I hope him coming back can, can get him turned around some offensively. But um, defensively, they're at, you know, they're at a championship level defensively. But that's only, you know, one-third of the battle. Yeah. And the Eagles, who are on a bye this week, the Giants won again yesterday. So the NFC East that we thought was going to be the NFC least again this year, it's a tough division right now for those three teams. Washington's just kind of blah. Yeah. Even Philadelphia is the best team. Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia is the best team by far. They had a uh, they had a bye week this weekend, so their big game. I mean, we're a month out, but at Thanksgiving Day uh, game where we're you know vegging out or, and 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 relaxing after all that turkey, that's going to be. That's going to be the game to watch is the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think that's the 24th. I think that's Thanksgiving Day. So uh, that that's going to be the, the game that probably decides that division, Chuck. Could. I mean, you know, Cowboys are going to have to get rolling offensively or they're not going to win that game. I mean, the Eagles are better right now. I hate to say it, but they are. Um, you know, Dallas's defense is good. They'll be ready to play that day. But if, if Dak can come back and they can get the offense going – 
Um, you know, they can they can win that game. Arkansas and Auburn this weekend. My judgment's being called into question already as we're sending Ty behind enemy lines. They have to send a few hundred down for bell money with you, Chuck, so you can get him out if, uh, if things go off the, <laughs> off the rails. It's brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. They're celebrating their 75th anniversary this year. They have 16 locations in Arkansas and Mississippi. You can visit them at agup.com. And by First Community Bank, where community comes first, founded and headquartered in Batesville, Arkansas. First Community Bank, 32 locations across Arkansas and in southern Missouri, to serve you. I know a lot of our audience knows the bar Floribama, which some would say is the best bar in the South, but apparently Auburn has the best bar of the South, Sky Bar. So that's you, there. Have you been to Floribama? I have seen the outside of it. I was not 21 at the time when I was down at that area, so I did so, not actually go inside. take you a, a, a Sharpie in there. I guess the, the thing when I was there, you wrote, you had to write on the walls. Now, it's probably been blown down two or three times since yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I was going to say, there there have been two or three incarnations of the Floribama. Bushwhackers. <laughs> the, the hurricanes have had a lot to do with that. They used to have the mullet toss down there. I don't know if they still do that or not. Well, that yeah, like- you need to experience the Floribama. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in Pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Nohouseadvantage.com, promo code HTL. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So against Roger State, who leads Arkansas in scoring tonight? 877-377-6963. Now, conventional wisdom would tell you it's probably going to be Nick Smith Jr., but if we're going to go outside of that, guys, who, who do you think it's going to be? I'm not going to go outside of that. I mean... I'm going to say Smith. We're just kind of pulling names out of a hat, but I think Smith's probably the best bet. We saw Jalen Graham lead the way in the yeah, red-white game. I don't think anyone thought no I mean, the that. odds in Vegas would have been way down the list for Jalen, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't like to put odds on that. Hey, you guys remember a player named Charles Tatum? I do. Charles Tatum, he was like a red-white All-American. Tatum would score like 30, 32, 35 in those red-white games, and then he'd be a vampire when the lights came on. So. Well, this will be interesting because we were talking earlier, Chuck, that you know, for many of these, including Nick Smith, this will be the largest crowd. I, I, I suspect this will be the largest crowd because I think you'll have somewhere between eight and 10,000 there. I think the lower bowl will be pretty well full. Um, this will be the largest crowd a lot of these guys have ever played in front of. Oh, I think they like to show off. I mean, these are gamers. These are big-time players. If you're a big-time player when the lights come on, you don't get nervous. You embrace it. I mean, you want to show off. 
and show out. And I think that's what they'll want to do tonight. Wouldn't surprise me if they uh, had a few turnovers early on. I mean, I don't expect it to be crisp. I think they'll be excited. And, um, I think a lot of these guys view, them, view themselves as showtime. And, um, you know, it's an exhibition game, but the lights are on and people will be there. And I would think they'd want to put on a show. And I think we'll get a first look at kind of where they're settling in on this rotation. What was it Must said, he, you know, he had like six of the eight slots locked up, I think was the, the, the phrase he used a week or so ago. So that's going to be interesting to see. I think everyone on the bench should have a chance to play, but uh, we'll see who gets the minutes. That will be the most interesting thing to me, guys, when we look at the – uh, the box score in the morning is not just necessarily who, who had the points and the rebounds, who had the minutes, because that's going to be a, a telltale sign of kind of what this team's makeup's going to be like, at least for a while. Gotta well, you, you know, one of the things you got to consider, too, again, though, these are exhibition games, and so you may look at combinations tonight that you might not plan on playing. For example, even on Saturday, I'm going to be interested to see on Saturday, I know once they throw the ball up, everybody's going to play to win. But I wonder from a, from a substitution pattern, from a combinations pattern, what that game Saturday is going to look like. Because, um, you know, it's a game people are going to pay attention to. It's not your average exhibition game, let's be honest. And so, um, you know, what's, what, what's the coaching approach on both sides going to be yeah. like on Saturday? Which makes me believe you're a little more rigid maybe tonight to get ready for that game on Saturday. Maybe, maybe you do some things maybe. tonight because, hey, I'm, not going to, I'm going to Texas guns loaded. You know, well, but, but but again, neither one of these games count on the record. And yeah. so that's why I say it's going to be interesting to see Saturday <laughs> yeah. you play what Texas the coaches approach Yeah, that, that Texas game, though. No, I, 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 yes, I get it. And, and that's why I said a minute ago it's not your average exhibition game. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, it does not count on the record. That's, it it that's counts not if a, you win. It doesn't count if you lose. That's well, not, <laughs> to me, that's not an exhibition game. Every Arkansas fan wants to win that game. Must knows that. He's it's not good. your average exhibition game. I, I freely concede that. All that I'm saying is I'm going to be interested to see Saturday. I know once they throw the ball up, everybody's going to be playing to win. But, you know, if you want to look at a certain combination against a good team, I don't mean against Rogers State, and, I don't, and I'm not saying that disrespectfully. If you want to test out combinations against good teams, that's what this exhibition game provides you an opportunity to do. And I think Beard will be doing the same thing on the other side. Yeah. Musk said he wasn't going to scout Roger State at all. I can't remember what he said about Texas, but if I had to guess, there's probably going to be some more time spent on Oh, I would course. imagine you're right about that. Yeah. I would imagine you're right about that. All right, who scores the most tonight for the basketball team? That's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. All going at RedRiverDodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. Guys, is A&M going to have to fire Jimbo Fisher this year? They figure out a buyout now. They've got Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, UMass, and LSU remaining on their schedule. I see at least two losses, so maybe they make a bowl game at least. Are you if you're a Texas A&M fan, do you let Jimbo Fisher coach another season if they go six and six this year? I think it's going to be hard for him to survive. You know, here's the thing about Jimbo's contract: there, it's not like the buyout drops exponentially as we move through the next four or five years. I mean, you go from like what is it, ninety to maybe eighty-six. 
you know, down to 79 or 77. Um, I mean, frankly, if you're going to spend $77 million to buy out a coach in two years, you might as well spend 90 to buy him out now. Um, you know, there's an old saying that, you know, what's inevitable should be done immediately. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. My hunch is he'll survive. But I'll tell you, if they go below 500, all bets are off. I had friends texting me over the weekend that the A&M loss looks even worse now. Would you agree with well, that? Well, there, look, there's always a game out there, or at least a lot of times there's a game out there that you feel like you let slip away. Um, last year was Auburn at home. They still won nine games. So, I mean, um, this is not a perfect team. This is not Alabama, Georgia. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be perfect every week. And that is one that you look back and you think that it got away. But, um, you know, that, that, that game happened a while back. And it's time to move on from that. I, you know, to me, when you still, st- I don't care how much money you have, when you start talking about committing to writing someone a check for 80 some odd million dollars, you're going to pause a minute and think about the decision. And I think well, it- here's the thing, though. If he doesn't fire him and the fans turn on Jimbo, the AD's next. Oh, you know, and uh, I mean, he's next. And Bjork. And, and it may be a package fire. Bjork so. re upped his contract. You always talk about extensions. Was it after 2020, the COVID year? They went nine and one regular season. I think they yeah. won their bowl game, too. I think they re upped that contract even yeah. more money. So if you, and here's where I was headed next. If you've spent $100 million to hire Jimbo Fisher and it doesn't work out, what do you do next? I mean, if you're Ross Bjork, you're that bored. What's the answer now? Because you've hired a coach that had a national championship. That doesn't work out. You paid him a, a uh, I mean, not a small fortune, a, a pretty good-sized fortune. Now what's your what's your next move? Well, your next move is to never give anybody an extension like that again. Um, and that's kind of the credo that you follow for a while. It's going to be a long time before we give an extension like we gave Brett Bielema. And let's just be honest. It's going to be a long time. Got Brett Bielema fired and got Jeff Long fired. Um, I mean, it's the extensions that kill you. And so that's the first order of business is I don't care how good this next guy is, you're not giving him an extension after two years. It's not going to happen. Um, but that's probably, I mean, let's just be honest. If Jimbo gets fired, Ross Bjork's going to get fired. May not be on the same day, but it's coming because he's the one that signed it. He's the one that agreed to it. Now, you know, when we beat Texas down there in Houston, I didn't hear one single fan objecting to Brett Bielema's extension. Um, but then when it didn't work out, it's like, well, what were you doing? Nobody objected down there at uh, College Station to Jimbo getting that extension when they went 9-1. and one. Nobody objected to it, but it's not worked out. And so now the guy that agreed to it and the guy that signed his name to it, he's on the chopping block too. Well, Bielema's was far more an overreaction, even though – Jimbo's is far more expensive. Well, so is Jimbo's. Well, I mean, but at least you could understand Jimbo's a little bit more. Arkansas beat a less than average Texas team, and you give Bielema, you back up the Brinks truck on the on the terms. At least with Jimbo, you understand why they did what they did. Most every extension is reactionary. Yep. Most every extension is reactionary. You've either got an agent stirring the waters, saying, my guy's getting ready to leave, I mean, part of the reason Jimbo got the extension was because he, he his, his agent flirted with LSU. That's the reason that he got the extension. They just flirted. They just talked a little bit, had a little contact, and all of a sudden it, it, it buys you another, 
you know, umpteen million dollars. And um, that's where these guys get into trouble. And frankly, they should because never forget, they're spending other people's money. Never forget that. You're spending other people's money. Just like Washington D.C. Almost, it's it's well, just not even real I, I money. Mean, it's just not but, even but, real money when you're talking the the numbers. That's exactly that they're right. At. They're just that's exactly like monopoly right. Money, but you know, in the end, I just wonder. And these guys are wired different. But when you give a coach like Arkansas did beat them, or like A and M's done Jimbo, and and there's there's dozens of other examples. How do you keep that coach motivated other than with a stick of, hey, we're going to fire you? But then what kind of stick is that? You're beating him with a golden stick. Hey, we're going to fire well, you and give you $80 million to leave. Well, but, 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 but these guys are prideful competitors. I mean, uh, we look at the money because we don't have it. We look at that money, and, and, and it's easy to say. And believe me, Ed Orgeron did not say in the meeting, where, well, where do I sign for $17 million? He didn't say that in the meeting. He said that when it was over. Because that's palatable to the public, because the public understands that. But these guys are supreme competitors. Um, that money doesn't mean as much to them going out the door as you might think. They're already rich. They're already rich. They already live a lifestyle we'll never live. And so um, um, it does hurt them when they get fired. Which makes I, what Saban does even more impressive. You're in, you're out. Well, I mean, no doubt about it. I, I mean, as we've seen even with Alabama, if, if, if you hire the wrong guy... It's tough. Now, Alabama is a place where if you get the right guy, um, there are a lot of built-in advantages there, and, and um, Saban obviously was the right guy. I think it's also depending on the, the coach. I think in some cases, some coaches get fat and happy, and then in other cases, You're right. the money is not as a, a big of a deal. You're right. And I think a lot some, of people... Some ahead, of them do. No I, no, I mean, some of them do. You're right. I mean, some of them do get fat and happy, and then there's others that want to prove that they're worth every nickel. And, um, you know, we've seen it go both ways here, frankly. Well, I think that's what, what with Sam's recent contract extension, the clauses that are reactionary to wins, right? It's the, help me on this, $5 million base, and then he has yeah, the, He has incentives for, the for incentive, winning That's the winning word I was looking games, for. But. And I, you don't see that. It's pretty seldom in college football, really college sports, when you see a contract like that. And I know a lot of national college football people are writing, or people are going to follow the formula that Hunter Yurchek seems to be using on Sam Pittman. That's going to be something interesting to watch in these next Well, years. it's about leverage, though. It's about leverage. Jimbo had a national championship in his back pocket. That always gave him leverage. And uh, um, he had leverage when he went 9-1. and one. And I don't blame these coaches because, uh, as we've seen, I mean, the worm turns almost instantaneously. I mean, you can uh, you can be on top of the world one day, and and they're looking to fire you the next, and that's how it works. So, when you got leverage, as is the case in any business, you better take advantage of it because you may not get it again. So, I, I don't blame these guys for doing it. What I think is the issue a lot of times, frankly, is you've got a lot of athletic directors out there that don't know how to negotiate, and they're easy pickings well. for agents like Jimmy Sex. It, it, it's 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 like you know. It's like Alabama playing a high school team in football in some of those negotiations. I mean, these agents just run roughshod. Yeah, they got, these guys. They got, got no midsections. You, you uh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is agents are skilled negotiators. A lot of these athletic directors came up through the marketing department. Yeah. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just saying that they are not skilled negotiators the way these agents well, are. And, and an AD may negotiate a contract once a year. 
maybe twice. I mean, the, let's be honest, the gymnastics coach doesn't have the leverage of football. These, these agents do it day in, day out with different clients, different schools. You're exactly right. They're, they're far more honed it's, at negotiating a contract. It's just all about leverage. I, I mean, as is the case in any walk of life, it's all about leverage. And I'm not insinuating that I think all ADs get run over by these agents. I, I don't think all of them do. But I think some of them do. Yeah. Um, particularly when coaches like Jimbo, who have cachet, whether real or imagined, and uh, um, I think that sometimes some of these guys do get steamrolled a little bit. You know, LSU. I think we got steamrolled. I think we got steamrolled. No question. I mean, and let's just be honest. We did. Well, you end up in a lawsuit over the terms of that buyout. I mean, because let's be honest, Arkansas and their foundation didn't feel like the terms were fair to begin with, so they were they were looking for any little violation of the terms to not pay it all. I know this. If you're making up ten million dollars as a head coach. You better live a clean life, because when it comes time to fire you, they're looking for a reason to fire you, cause, and not pay you that money. Cause, 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 <laughs> cause, cause. They're looking for a reason to fire you, and that's what would concern me at least. If I was Jimbo, is you know, are they going to plant something here? Is, am well, I going to get set up? I mean, I'm going to tell you, what was it the call into find mom? It's it's cheaper to hire a hitman than pay ninety well, million bucks. I mean, you, I mean. Just, you just look at Harson's deal down there. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, exactly. you know, they didn't. Uh, they made up some charges and came after him, and even though they weren't true, it still ruined his program and yeah. and, and, and his and reputation, it's, and it's and it's ultimately going to lead to his dismissal. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to tell you. I am not one of these people who's embarrassed to say I run my heater and my air conditioner on the same day. Not embarrassed to say that. And we're in the time of year when I suspect a lot of people do that. And there is a time, and the time is now, to call the pros at Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric. Be honest. When you turn that heater on for the first time in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I hope everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Well, at Pascal, when you call the pros at Pascal, They've got a plan protection program. It's seasonal updates. They're going to come out, and they're going to make sure your system's ready to go. That's what pros do. This is a 50-year-old company. They've been in northwest Arkansas for 50 years. They've recently expanded into central Arkansas, and they're growing by the day. Charlie Boyce, one of my favorite Razorbacks, is the proprietor, the owner at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. This is the third. He's a third-generation guy in his family to do this. These are professional people. It is professional service. Arkansas owned and operated. Call the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, or you can log on to gopascal.com. You know, we've been talking about finding the right guy, finding the right fit. Has LSU found the right guy? I heard you all talking about this a little bit earlier in the last hour. You know, everybody kind of left LSU for dead after the Florida State game to open the season. Brian Kelly, who's built a program everywhere he's been, seems to be um, – in my estimate, Chuck, ahead of schedule at LSU. I think they've exceeded expectations this year. You know, we uh, um, here's the deal. They said the same thing at LSU about Brian Kelly as they did when they hired that coach from Michigan State several years ago named Nick Saban. What's a guy from way up there coming way down here for? He's not going to be a fit. It's not going to work. Um, Brian Kelly's a good coach. Now, I'm not a particular Brian Kelly fan. Uh, when he was at Notre Dame, I didn't pull for him one single time. And that hadn't changed since he's been at LSU, to be honest with you. But I think that you got to give them credit for what they've done. Um, they've been good at home. And, you know, they beat a good Mississippi State team at home. And they, uh, I mean, they throttled Ole Miss after a slow start. So you got to give him credit. They have exceeded expectations. They have a bye week this week. Then they'll take on Alabama next weekend. And I'm going to be honest, guys, initially before the season began, I thought Bryce Young and company would go in there and beat them by 40. But 
I'm not so sure anymore. Jay Daniels playing a lot better than he was at the beginning of the season, and I think that LSU is going to give Alabama a tough time, and I would guess that's going to be the 2:30 game next weekend. Might be, might be, and 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 they might give them a tough time, or they might not. Um, you know, I watched that game pretty closely Saturday, and I'm not taking anything away from Ole Miss, but um, Ole Miss isn't anywhere as close as Alabama when it comes to physicality particularly on defense. Um, My question about the LSU-Alabama game would be, can LSU score enough points to stay with them? And I really don't think they can. Um, You know, I think think Alabama will win that game, but I do think LSU's better than a lot of people thought they'd be. 877-377-6963 is our number to jump in here on a Hot Take Monday. Go ahead, Ben Fayville. Hey, good morning, guys. My question is, who gets fired first, Harson? Or Jimbo at Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M is Harson. paying him Nick Saban money, ten million a year, and they're getting seven wins a year. It, this is his fifth recruiting class at Texas A&M. Fifth one, ten million a year. I don't see Texas A&M uh, donors uh, putting up with with this in, in the in the SEC. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Ben. I think there's a good chance both of them could be let go by season's end, but if you wanted us to pick one to happen first, it's Brian Harson. Well, and Arkansas could be the uh, executioner as of this weekend. It could be Ross, well, Ross Bjork gets fired first is what it could be. <laughs> I mean, people have written, uh, you know, they've had Harson's obituary written for a long time, and, uh, um, you know, I would I would suspect if they make a change, it'll happen. You know, maybe before the Alabama game, if they're going to let him go. I, I don't I don't see him letting him coach against Alabama. Um, you know, there's uh, my personal opinion is again that Jimbo will survive by the skin of his teeth, but um, I don't think this buyout that everybody's talking about. I, I don't I don't think that's going to keep him from doing it because if you go strictly by the buyout, they'd have to keep him for another three or four years. And if he goes sub-500 this year, I think he's going to get fired now. If they go 6-6, six and six, I think he'll hang on. He'll be on the hottest. As Paul Feinbaum said, he'll be on the hottest seat in the history of hot seats. And I'd agree with that. Here's what I think happens at A&M is they renegotiate the buyout to give him another year. And then Maybe. sometime in the next year, so he'll agree to a, a more favorable term to the school in order to coach another year at A&M. And then somewhere in the event, and go well. Somewhere early next year, Ross Bjork will be fired early in the football season. It's not going well. And then a new AD will so, come in and hire the next football coach. What happened with Auburn? Well, that makes Gus. sense, but I don't know if Jimmy Sexton go along with that. Well, well Auburn, that's Gus's agent, right? That just happened with a couple of years ago with Auburn. So I, I mean, we've seen it before. I don't mm-hmm. think that's too out of the realm of possibility. I mean, if. Now Jimbo can go to the beach and take his money, and you know, I guess ten million at a, at, a, at a clip or whatever. But you know, I would imagine it's going to go somewhere in in between those two scenarios. And I don't think Ross Bjork will hire the next football coach there. How damaging is well, that? Well, when you be? don't hire the right guy, you generally don't get a second chance. Yeah. So who is Enim's? Help me on this. Francione, Sherman, Sumlin, Fisher have all. I think the best. Of those seasons, uh, we mentioned 2020 for Jimbo, Jim, and then someone had the 11 and two year, first year under Johnny Manziel. That would have been in 2012. They haven't had a better season under Franciotti or Sherman, have they? That's been the top of the thing. They haven't competed really for a college football or national championship. They only won one Big knowledge. 12 title in uh, the 20. 
some odd years they were in the Big 12. So, I mean, it's not like A&M's had a bunch of championships in years gone by, conference titles and certainly national titles. So, I mean, well, they're like everybody else chasing the elusive. There's only one scoreboard that matters. I don't care what your recruiting board says. I don't care how much NIL money you got. I don't care how much oil money you got. I don't care how big your stadium is. I don't care how much money you raised. It's one scoreboard that matters. And uh, A&M just not won enough of those. And so they've thrown silly money around. And uh, they're not the only ones. But um, I think they're getting exactly what they deserve. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So we were talking about in hour number two about the idea of Jimbo Fisher was fired, the buyout situation. Guys, would Lane Kiffin lead leave Ole Miss for Auburn or Texas A&M? Think he'd take both those jobs if given the opportunity? Tuberville did. He left for I think for he'd Auburn. go to Auburn. Yeah, I think he'd go to Auburn. Depends on, here, here's the thing. If in the back of his mind, the ultimate prize, the ultimate top goal is to be the head coach at Alabama, you don't go to Auburn. I don't think Auburn's... Alabama's never hiring in the Auburn Auburn football coach. I don't I don't I don't know if that's his goal or not. But, I don't either. Um, but um, if it is, that's you know, not the, the path you take. The thing that I would think would go through his mind is can I win a national championship at Ole Miss? Can I win a national championship at Auburn? Um, I think, you know, it's gonna be hard either place, but I think it's easier at Auburn than it is at Ole Miss. I think that's why Tuberville left years ago. Um, and uh, I think that's why ultimately, if 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 he was given the opportunity to go to Auburn, I think he'd go. And when you compare, I mean, you know, that you you mentioned the A and M job, Ty. Conventional wisdom would have you think that when Texas joins the SEC, the job at A and M just gets harder. Now, I don't know that'll pan out to be true, but you know, A and M's already proven they can't win a national title, so. Um, I wouldn't think it's going to get any easier moving forward at A&M with Texas moving into the league. Well, it's not going to be easy at Auburn until Saban's gone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you kind of pick your poison there. I, I, I think that, um, 
you know, Texas coming into the league will have some effect. Texas is not – I'm just not sure they've hired the right guy, and I, and I say that respectfully to Sarkeesian. I mean, I don't think he's a bad coach, but I don't know that that's the right guy for their situation there. Um, I, you know, Texas, Texas is okay, but, you know, um, as bad as A&M has been in some people's eyes, if they were to play Texas today – I think that's at best a toss-up. I mean, I don't think you can say Texas is better than Texas A&M, even with the Aggies at three and four. I don't think you can say that. I'm not sure A&M wouldn't beat them even in the condition that they're in. So, um, you know, they're 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 both better jobs than Ole Miss, but um, I think that Kiffin and Saban going toe to toe, recruiting the Deep South. Man, what a battle that would be! That'd be awesome. You asked that question. I don't think – I think one of the reasons that Gus wasn't getting hired amongst other things is, of course, where was he in 2012 and 2013 when they, Arkansas needed a football coach before they hired Beal? Arkansas State. Arkansas State. I don't think Arkansas boosters – I don't think this fan base would have been okay to us go poach. Even though he has Arkansas ties, I don't think they would have been okay to go mm. poach Arkansas State. And I feel that same way how you just laid out the Auburn job. I Bama, think it – if it had been anyone but Gus, I'd agree with that. But I think Gus was different. Yeah, I think that ba- I don't think Bama fans can wrap their minds around potentially at some point in time when Saban does retire that if Kiffin takes that Auburn job, I don't think they can get in line with hiring Auburn's coach. Well, I'd agree with that, but I don't think that if you're Lane Kiffin that you say, "Well, I'm I'm not going to take a better job because Alabama might not hire me if I take it." Um, you know, I, I don't um, I don't think he'd do that. I think if Auburn offered him the job, I think he'd take it. So what's the better job? If both are offed, if Harson's offed, if Jimbo's offed, what's the better job between A&M and Auburn? Auburn's had more success this past decade. They won a national championship. I think it's champion. Auburn. I think it's Auburn. Auburn's closer to Atlanta. It's closer to Florida. Those are great recruiting grounds. But the other side of the coin is Texas. Okay. You're in Texas, one of the best football states in in the country. I think it's a coin toss. I, I, I think both are great jobs. Uh, some of this, I think, becomes answered when we finally figure out the scheduling formula, Chuck. I mean, we Maybe. know Auburn's going to play Alabama every year. A&M's path from a scheduling standpoint and a new SEC scheduling model might might be more attractive. Well, you know, part of and, – and, and, and I know there may be some people that disagree with me on this, but I think a big thing right now that – I don't, I, don't, I don't know that there's enough players in Texas, you know, in terms of linemen, offensive line. I, I just don't see any of those teams down there loading up with what I think, you know, are the old typical Texas-type linemen that those high schools used to produce. And, and um, you know, I don't look at any of those teams in Texas right now, any of them. Um, I think A&M, as much as they've struggled, still probably the best line of scrimmage team in that state. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're producing down there in terms of linemen, but there's not as many as there used to be, it doesn't seem like. And maybe I'm imagining that. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just me, but um, it doesn't seem like they're producing some of the type linemen that they once did. And... Um, I'll tell you, when you go watch an Alabama high school football game, it's not like watching one of these seven-on-seven games in Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got tight ends and fullbacks, and, I mean, they're uh, um, it's a different type game. And I just don't know if Texas really has the championship recruiting base 
that a lot of people think they do. There's a lot of schools recruiting the same players in that state. I, I just think Auburn overall is a better job. And let's face it, right now, I mean, it's pretty obvious TCU's the best football team, not, not maybe program, but best football team this year in the state of Texas. Yeah, and they'd be middle of the pack in our league. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. They, uh, but that's about where A and M's at right now. That's middle looks, of the pack. Looks like the Big Twelve. Uh, I, I mean, I think if TCU was in our league right now, their record would be about like A and M's. I I'd have to do some more research before I'd say one way or another on the well, offense. You watched them play. I'm talking about your your point about the offensive and defensive linemen from Texas. For oh, TCU, okay. to, to that point about that, that's valid. TCU line of scrimmage-wise well, would get eaten up in this league. I can't I, I disagree with you on that. I just wonder, is the high school game has been more prolific with the spread and those kind of linemen? We saw Chad Morris come in here and want to slim down linemen because that was more advantageous to an offense that wanted to run the spread. That's predominant uh, in that state. I just wonder if that's the kind of linemen they're producing now that maybe aren't as smash mouth road graders like uh, like we've seen 10 years ago well all i know is is that when you look at the texas teams that play in the big 12 um i don't think any of them are line of scrimmage type teams and uh, now i'm not saying it's not important i'm not saying that but i'm saying that um they're not physically up front teams that are going to come into the sec or go to the big 10 even and uh measure up along the lines of scrimmage. And, and, and that's what I see predominantly within all of the Texas programs within that state. And I've got to believe, and I may be wrong, but, but I've got to believe that the style of play and the players that that state is producing now has something to do with that. Second uh, call on this, 877-377-6963. Alex, you had a, a thought on this Auburn and Ole Miss discussion. Go ahead. Uh, well, Auburn A&M, I would, wouldn't you think with the recruitment class that A&M just had that that job would look a little more pretty with the current recruits that they've already got there and players they've got talent-wise compared to Auburn when Auburn's recruiting classes haven't been the best like they have been in the past three years under Harson and then the Malzahn. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. So right now, Auburn, last time I checked, was had a horrendous recruiting ranking in this current class. We did, You just brought up the A&M, the number one class in the country. Guys, we saw, at least from the outside looking in, optics showed that a couple coaches looked at this job, looked at the roster, and were like, nope, see ya. We're not doing this. Maybe that is more attractive to coaches than it initially appears for some cases. Are you talking about the Arkansas job? Yeah, there's. I mean, the the idea was the optics that no, we. No, I understand. I understand, but but. So, I'm trying to follow you. You're factoring that into the Auburn job. Is that what you're saying? What his point is that A and M has a much better roster right now than Auburn, and that's why he thinks Alex thinks it's a more attractable job potentially than the Auburn job. And I. All right, well, I, you know, but 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 Auburn will turn it around in a hurry if they hire the right guy. I mean, uh, uh, you can turn it around there in a hurry if you hire the right guy. You know, A&M, and and Tommy kind of brought this up a little bit earlier, Um, where's this grand tradition all these A&M people talk about? Where is it? I don't remember it. Um, We were in the same league a long time. I don't remember Texas A&M playing for national championships. I don't remember that. Um, I do remember Auburn doing it. I don't remember A&M doing it. Um, my point is, is you know, I think A&M's kind of lived in a fantasy land. Now, 
they, um, in my opinion, the SEC helped Texas A&M a lot when they moved into our league. They'd been little brother for 100 years, and all of a sudden they soared past Texas. And Texas realized we got to, you know, we got to get out of this league and we got to get into that one. But um, you know, Texas, the University of Texas is still the bigger dog than Texas A&M in that state. And um, I'm just not sure Texas A&M's going to ever be the job that a lot of people think it is. You know how many Big 12 titles A&M won in their time in the Big 12? Maybe maybe one. One in 1998 beat Kansas State that year. Other than that, they they don't even have another division title in the Big 12 to point to. And we know their history in the SEC to this point. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to berate them, and I'm not going to berate Jimbo. It's not like we've beaten them. I mean, you know, let's be honest. It ain't like we've beaten them. So uh, um, I don't like poking fun at somebody that we hadn't beaten all that much, just, just to be real honest about it. But um, I think that they fancy themselves as being a top ten program, and there's really nothing in their history to indicate that's true. What, what do Arkansas fans fancy ourselves as, as a football program? I mean, I know it's a lot different question in the 60s and 70s and even in the 80s. To well, some that's extent. a whole different subject. But, I mean, uh, um, I, think, um, you know, I think Arkansas fans fancy themselves as a, as a contender, fancy themselves as a ranked program, top, top, top 25 team. You know, I, I think that, you know, again, when you look at our history, um, you know, the idea that you're going to go from – the bottom of the pack to the top of the pack within even a three or four year period in our league. There's just nothing to support that that's going to happen. But I do think we're on the right track. And I think expectations have been raised, and I think that's good. Um, but to answer your question, I think, I think Razorback fans fancy themselves as a ranked program that's, that's got an opportunity to contend. You know, there's always the, the, the debate, is this a football state or a basketball state? Football or basketball? I think, it, I think it's varied based on the success of the program on the hill and and how it's doing i think in the 90s this was much more of a basketball state but uh you know we we look at it from the standpoint of or i look at it rather i should say from the standpoint of the the homegrown in-state talent where where there's where is there more of a success to point at there's no question it's it's basketball players we were talking earlier about two fort smith kids that are now playing with the oklahoma city thunder there's like eight different arkansas homegrown kids playing in the nba um, you can't point to, to really that many. Yeah, yeah, it'd be baseball next and then football third, I would guess. Yeah, probably so. I think it varies season to season. I mean, I think when uh, when football's going well and we're in football season, we're a football state. And I think when basketball season rolls around, if we're good, we're a basketball state. And um, Dave Van Hornel today, I thought we were a baseball school. So, uh, <laughs> you know, all of them can, uh, all of them can say that. But – um, we've produced a lot of pros in basketball. And, and you know, we've we produced pros in football. you got a lot more roster spots in football and harder sometimes to make an NBA roster. But um, we've had our share, that's for sure. One of the guys going to be playing tonight in the exhibition game is Anthony Black, five-star recruit. You can meet Anthony this week if you want to at Alma Tractor and Equipment. They're at uh, 35 Highway 71 in Alma. It is right there at the intersection between 64 and 71. You can't miss it. He's going to be there October the 25th from 3.30 to 5. 
You can check out their entire line of, uh, entire line of bad boy tractors and mowers and uh, meet Anthony, get pictures, get autographs, all of that stuff. And uh, it's time to start thinking about a, a new mower for next season. So mark your calendars for tomorrow, October 25th. Meet Anthony Black at Alma Tractor and Equipment in Alma at the junction of Highway 71 and 64. That's Alma Tractor and Equipment. Anthony Black will be there tomorrow from 3.30 till 5. Robert wanted to share his thoughts on this kind of conversation. Go ahead, Robert. Real quick, guys. The only thing I've ever known A&M is RC Slow Comate for Cottonwood. Kind of like y'all talking about. It's nothing really great that's come out of that place. They just, like y'all said, a bunch of egos. You know. They were good when they had the wrecking crew, but that was not a team that was going to win the national championship. I mean, they were really good, and I'm not knocking them. And I know they were in the conversation, but uh, you're right, and that's been, you know, 40 years ago almost now. All right, guys, have a good morning. Appreciate it, Robert. I mean, they, look, they were good all through the 80s, and I'm not taking anything away from R.C. Slocum. I mean, those were good teams. They were physical teams, and – um, at least in my lifetime, that's the best run they've had. And I'm talking about run. I'm not talking about season necessarily, but that's the best run they've had. But, um, you know, even then, they were not a team that people spoke of in terms of winning the national championship. They still haven't been, and it's not just in that, but in football. Now, maybe you're really hot at Schlossnagel, right, Chuck? You think that's a? I think Schlossnagel is a very good coach. Yes, that's the guy that can do something down there in College Station in terms of putting a program there on the national scale. But yeah, that's something to think about with these. We're talking about hirings and firings. I think there's a good chance that Brian Harson, maybe Jimbo and Drinkwitz guys. What are the odds that all three of them are let go? We've, Drink. We've seen years with four, uh, four changes in this league, and then oftentimes. A change somewhere else will create a change elsewhere in your league. So the domino effect will, will kick in, Chuck. Well, I'll tell you what's changed is here we are in the middle of October and it's already coach hunting yeah. season. I, I mean, that's what's changed is guys getting fired in season. And, you know, again, Harson's obituary has been written every Friday night, you know, for the last two months. And um, I think that's what's uh, – I think that's what's changed is – you know, um, guys don't even get a chance to finish out the season anymore. And, and um, you know, again, we're, we're, we're already into coach hunting season. Well, when you sign your class in mid-December, December 20th-ish every year, you know, you you got to be ready to, to move quick if you're the AD and, and not lose an entire recruiting oh, cycle. Oh, I know. I, you know, I understand, but I, I just think it's um, – I think it's gotten crazy. I mean, it's just gotten nuts. I mean, but – that's the landscape that we live in now. Yeah, I think it's got to be really tough on coaches in December as they're preparing. I guess you have more time because there's more time in between the regular season, last ending game, and then the bowl game. But it's just tough on them in that point. I think. Well, I, I think you got to think about the kids at some point in all this. I mean, uh, when 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 you fire a coach in the middle of the season, you're telling the kids that play on that team you don't matter anymore. We're willing to throw everything away for the rest of this year, drop back and regroup. You don't matter as much as we told you you did. Um, that's, that's, uh, that, uh, that to me is, is, is one of the things that gets lost in all this. Is I mean, uh, these kids are out there doing it every day. While we're sitting here talking about it, they're out there doing it. And um, for us, coach hunting is just sport. I mean, it's just sport, something for us to talk about. 
But I think you're telling those kids when you do that, you don't matter to us anymore. That exactly and, live up uh, to the mission statement of the athletic they, department. They, 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 they tell you that you do. Yeah. They tell you that you do. And look, some firings are inevitable. I'm not, I'm not naive. I, I, I understand how all that works. But I think the kids get lost in all of this sometimes and how it affects them, how it affects their careers. I think a lot of that stuff goes in, and, and, and you said it when you used the term mission there. Yeah. I know that the mission statement was thrown out the window <laughs> a long time ago. I mean, I understand all that. Again, I'm not naive, but I think that that's one of those things that gets lost in all of these discussions. That, that's they'll, very, they'll roll that out at a, at a fundraising yeah. opportunity. Oh, it's about the 450 student-athletes and how we can benefit them, and it's all about that, and oftentimes it doesn't is, come back. Is there that. a way to mitigate that? It's not like you can have a time period, kind of like the transfer portal. Well, oh, you can't fire a coach no, in this duration. No, no, yeah, change no. Change the time I mean, period. Everybody's got to run it the way they want to run it. I mean, you know, everybody's got to do it the way they want to do it. To win, Tommy. I'd change it to August 15th. I'd change it to before the high school football season. I know there's coaches against it, and they're afraid those kids will take a year off, and what about this, and what about that? Most of these kids already know in August where they want to sign in December. What I'd do, but... I would would think that would focus them more on their high school season. Maybe. That's what... It's what I do, and that mitigates some of this circumstance. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.